It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a vest-wearing, ring-bearing, son of a salesman. Here we go, episode 34. I have just learned that the number 34 is an introspective number. And that works. I'm due for some introspection after this weekend. Let's roll with the punches and play all of our hunches. Ladies, non-binary persons, gentlemen, the cowboy in the jungle, do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you. We will make it available to to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty minor items unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity so episode 34 is about introspection it seems fair enough i think that can happen being honest after a weekend in vegas introspection is probably a good thing and since we need to review not only the results for the vegas trip but also the final results for the month that really works and since my brain's still trying to figure out what time zone it's in, that's kind of the template for the episode, I think. Um, I have a couple questions that uh, I received this week, and I'm going to talk through those with you. And then a recap of Las Vegas details and results and observations, just kind of there, where, what, why, how. And we will finish up, as we do each month, with a chat between friends in the VIP lounge to sort out if this was a winning or a losing month. So the basics for anyone just listening for the first time. There are games in the podcast. They are explained in detail in episode 22. Boy, that seems forever ago now, doesn't it? Wow. Um, there are prizes. They have, there have been winners, and you are welcome to play and win. We are on social media by way of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You are encouraged to participate by liking, reviewing, sharing, subscribing, all that social media stuff. All the links are on the Casino Combat website. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Otherwise, you're never going to find the website. There is a Casino Combat channel on YouTube. And more importantly, there is a boot camp playlist, spelled with a K, that covers all the core concepts of Casino Combat in short segments. You can learn the fundamentals of gambling well for a profit in less than 90 minutes. And without listening to any of my attempts at humor or any of my stories. I have a slot strategy that follows most of the principles of casino combat. Everything but that part about house advantage being really low. I'm not claiming it actually works yet. Our first eight winning months may be a statistical anomaly because this month was a losing month on the slots. But I try to tell you everything I do. So if you want to know exactly what we've done to win money playing slots with our own money for eight out of the past nine months... You can have a free copy. All you have to do is send me an email via trg at casinocombat.com, spell combat with a K, and include the words slot tactics in the subject line. S-L-O-T-T-A-C-T-I-C-S, two words slot tactics. I'll email you a link to download the book. And just in the oh by the way category, before we move on, the podcast had its first listeners from Vegas just as I was getting ready to leave this week. I appreciate everyone who listens, but it was really fun to see Las Vegas come up on my lip listener map just before we headed out there. So, here we go. Let's get started. Question segment. What? What? So, my sons ask questions about gambling, and listeners ask questions about gambling and the podcast. I received a couple of good emails with good questions this week, so let me dive right in. First up is a question from Joyce the Voice. I'm not sure if Joyce has just created her own podcast call sign 
or if she just rolls that way on the internet all the time. Not really sure, but certainly seems like my kind of person. And she has a really important question, and I'm glad she asked it, and I'm, and I'm happy to answer it and answer it publicly. So Joyce the Voice says, settle something for my partner and I, if you don't mind. We like the podcast, but she says the non-binary person's part of the disclaimer is intended as a joke slash insult. I don't think so. Who is right? All right, so let, let's just all remember the basics here, right? This podcast is the product of a guy locked in his house for months and months and months, deciding to create a podcast to teach gambling for a profit and to have a fun lifestyle. And a lawyer told this guy that he needed a disclaimer and he tried to make it entertaining. Evaluating all of this podcast through any other lens could lead you to a distorted point of view on things. Let's let's just keep in mind what we're dealing with here. But that said, I have two nieces that I love very much that would be very hurt if their old out-of-touch uncle just said, ladies and gentlemen. And they would see that as excluding other people in the process. So that's not intended as a joke. And it's certainly not intended as an insult. It's just an old guy trying to be the guy his nieces would like him to be. Our podcast is for everyone and anyone who wants to gamble for profit and enjoy the gifts and the comps that go along with doing that. So thanks for being interested enough to ask, Joyce. Thanks for listening. I hope that settles it. Not a joke, not an insult, never meant that way. And there you have just a little bit of that introspection that the number 34 represents, I guess. So my next question is much more of a gambling question um, and much less of a podcast question. My next question comes from Stan B. And he writes, Until I randomly found your podcast, my normal approach to gambling was to decide how much I was going to lose and have fun until the money was gone. <laughs> We've heard that. We know about that. Um so you have me, he says, you have me looking at things differently and I'm learning basic strategy for blackjack, but I don't think I understand what positive and negative exit points are. Can you talk about that again? I think other people might enjoy hearing a, a review of that material. Excellent. Excellent question. That's what we're all about. Thank you, Stan. It's great that you listen and it's great that you listen enough that, uh, that you took the time to, um, to, to ask that question and to sort this out. I'm glad you're seeing kind of a, a different way that you could approach gambling if that's what you want to do. And I'm more than happy to do a refresher on exit points for you. People who gamble in the stock market often talk about a stop loss on a stock trade. For example, if they buy a stock for $10 a share and it drops to $6 a share, they're going to sell and keep the losses to a minimum. So when I talk about positive and negative exit points, I'm applying the same concepts to gambling in a casino instead of gambling on stocks. This is just a technique that I use to take the emotions out of the process of gambling. It's easy in the moment to pull out more money when you're losing until the money's gone, which is something you've experienced, Dan. And it's equally easy when you've been winning, 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 winning to feel like you're just going to keep winning forever until you realize you just gambled away your entire win and part of what you started with. So a negative exit point is when to leave if you've been losing, and a positive exit point is when to leave if you've been winning. In both cases, that could be leave the table or just leave the building, but the first step is always leave the table, step back, and decide away from gambling separate from the activity of gambling if you should continue and gamble some more for the day or if you should just be done. But that's all just kind of theoretical, right? That's just 
kind of, you know, big picture, top-down kind of stuff. Let's look at some concrete examples. If I buy in at a blackjack table with 10 units, my plan is to walk away with between two and four units if things go poorly. So if I'm playing at a $10 table and I lose $70, 70 out of 100, I'm going to take a break and regroup. $70 is not a huge loss to overcome. What I don't want to do is lose the other 30 and then take out another 100 and lose that 100 trying to win back the first 100. So a negative exit point is, when I'm, is what I'm going to lose before I leave the table. And I like to use 7 out of 10 units as my guide. And if you're wondering why then do I bother starting with 10 units if I'm only going to lose 7, why not just start with 7? It's because blackjack includes splitting and or doubling off of a wager. So if I make my 7th bet, I want to be able to still play the hand properly, and that's what those extra 3 units are there for in my process in what I do. Positive exit points are a little trickier to understand. If you're winning, how much is too much winning? I mean, clearly, look, no such thing as too much winning. We want to continue winning, winning, winning until it starts to become losing. And that's what this is all about. So to guard against that process going south on you, as I, or on me maybe, what I do is when I start to reach a point where I've doubled what I started with at a particular table, I start to plan how I'm going to leave. Not leaving, just planning how to leave. Again, I think an example really helps. So back to that $10 blackjack table where I started with $100. If I reach a point where I have $200 in chips in front of me, I'm starting to plan an exit. Maybe in five minutes, maybe in five hours, but leaving with a profit is as much a goal as leaving with a bigger profit. So for example, I might decide to take $30 more risk. That's a $10 bet, and if I lose that, a $20 bet. If I win either, I have a $10 profit, and I can continue that way until I lose the $30. And if I continue to win, maybe I can increase the number of bets I'm willing to lose by adding money to that stack of chips that I'm playing with. And hopefully this continues for hours. That's the ideal. But if I lose those two bets, or those two bets and the bets I added on with winnings, I'm going to take my profits and leave. If that's just $70, I started with $100, I have $170, and when that's cash money in my pocket, then I will decide if I want to gamble again, and if I do want to gamble again, how much risk I want to take. So that's my approach. That's how I approach exiting when I'm losing and exiting the table when I'm winning. Those are my exit points. So I hope that helps, Stan. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for taking the time to send an email. I really hope that helps. I had a big week of rambling with the young squire to finish the month. Let's talk about that next in the travel segment. Well, I, uh, I certainly rambled and gambled this week, folks. But uh, as I said last episode, this wasn't really a gambling trip. It was certainly a living the casino lifestyle trip. But it, it wasn't just a gambling trip. It wasn't planned as a gambling trip. It wasn't structured to keep my costs down to, to make it easy to offset them with wins. It, it wasn't structured for any of that. So let me fill you in on the backstory before we get to the details. My youngest son, the young squire, has created a business where he can live anywhere and run his company. So before the holidays, he was living on a, in a condo on Myrtle Beach for a couple months. Then he moved back in with us to, uh, to prep for the holidays, make sure that uh, he wasn't a COVID risk to anybody, and, and to see family and everybody over the holidays that we were able to see at least be with us and do the Zoom calls together as a group. And he's getting ready to move to Georgia for at least 
six to eight weeks, and who knows where he'll head from there. So when we were at the, at the beginning of the year, when we were doing trip planning and, you know, a couple months ago, he pointed to this past weekend on the calendar and said, if you can get us rooms in Vegas these days, I have enough airline miles to fly us out there and we can have a weekend before I move. So that sounded great. And honestly, look, we both knew I was going to be able to get a comped room. I mean, especially right now. So we just started sorting through the things and, and working out the details. Now, the young squire has been to Las Vegas twice in the past, but they were on family trips. Uh, one when he was like six. Um, he was unimpressed. Oh, by the way, side note, side note. So like the first time the young squire is there, we, were, we went the week before Christmas because it's really a slow period out there. And we did amusement parks and roller coasters and went and saw Hoover Dam as an educational piece. Uh, but the young squire was uh, uh, still enthralled, let's say. He was still enthralled by Santa Claus at that young age. And Christmas was coming and he was excited and flying reindeer and elves making toys and, and all the things that are in the mind of a six-year-old at that time of year. So when we took him to see a magic act with white tigers disappearing, he was not impressed. He did not see why in a world where a man in a red suit with flying reindeer delivers presents to everyone all in one night all around the world and the toys are made by elves. He did not understand why we thought he should be impressed with people making a tiger disappear. It just didn't impress him at all. But that's kind of his Vegas experience, big over the top, um, those types of things. He's never been there as an adult. He's never been there for the adult part of things, for the 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 cocktails and the parties and the gambling and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that was going to be different for him in that regard. And he was really kind of hoping for some type of crazy over-the-top suite. And that's where reality started to intrude. I mean, I had plenty of choices for nice, comped rooms almost everywhere up and down the Strip. Fountain View at Bellagio, Resort Fee, but otherwise all set. Volcano View at Mirage, same kind of deal. Nice, comped rooms at Caesars Palace, nice, comped rooms at the Tropicana, but no suites. And especially no suites for Saturday night. I, that's just not me. That's not the kind of thing that's just going to come up on my website here. Take this suite on Saturday night. But as I was looking through the website, I was looking at what suites they had just for sale, not signed into my account and seeing what my comps were. I found some really nice, quote, junior suites at a really reasonable price because of the pandemic, a price I was more than willing to pay. I mean, my son was going to save me the cost of a flight. I was willing to spend a little money since I wasn't paying for the flight on a room that was going to make things more fun for him. But I really couldn't set it all up the way I want to on the website. So I emailed my host, Randall, and I told him, you know, look, I can count myself a regular room. And there are junior suites I'm willing to pay for. You know, I just was hoping you could set it up so that the reservation is set so that the regular room that's going to be comped would be a connecting room to the suite at the Flamingo. And he said he'd check with the hotel and see what he could do and see what they wanted to do and that he'd get back to me. So, look, all I'm asking for really here is a comp that I could write myself, a room that I could rent on the website, and for my host and the casino to set those up to be connected rooms. And fingers, cro I'm fingers crossed this is going to work, because otherwise it's just a standard room, basically, probably. That's just going to be the, the easier answer and the frictionless answer and, and probably what we would have gone with. So kind of imagine my surprise, right? 
A few days later, I get an email confirming that I am fully comped for a two-bedroom junior suite. Fully comped. They even comped the resort fee on the second room. Did not see that coming at all. So we fly out on his tickets that he didn't have to pay for. Um, we took a gull-winged Tesla limo from the airport to our hotel. As I said, not a gambling trip. I did tr- put those expenses on. So later in the episode when we talk about how much I spent and how much I lost and how much I won and how much we got in value, keep in mind there's a limo ride instead of a cab ride and a gull-winged Tesla limo at that to make this special and memorable for my son because the air was free and the hotel was free. Look, I don't know who named this a junior suite. I really don't. It, I would not consider it a, quote, junior suite because we get to the hotel, we get all checked in. Once again, benefits of that trip in January or in December, that trip to get me to Diamond. So we skipped a 35-minute line and went right to a Diamond uh, podium and got checked in very, very quickly. Kind of those benefits, once again, not all dollar benefits, but benefits from that December trip then coming through to start out the new year. So we are on the top floor of the Flamingo in our, quote, junior suite facing the Strip with views of Caesar's Palace and the Mirage on one end of our suite. And then after walking, I'm going to say 30 to 40 yards in the other direction. At the other end of our suite, we have a view of the Bellagio Fountains. Different view in every part of the suite and uh, a stroll, if you will, from one end to the other. Great big sitting area, couple couches, big table, television, um, a dining area with a table for four, a kitchenette, a wet bar, a refrigerator. Um, In addition to the wet bar in the kitchenette, we had three full bathrooms for two people, one with a jetted tub. Look, it was just all amazing. It was just all amazing and great. Happily would have paid what they were asking for the one room. Heck, happily would have paid for both rooms, quite frankly, at the rates they're charging right now. Um, it was just it was just absolutely great and fabulous. It was special every time we were in there. I posted a walkthrough video on Instagram. If you'd like to take a look at what the room looked like, you can find that video there. Look, I know there are tons of people, and their point of view is, who cares about the room? It just needs to be cheap. It just needs to be in the right location. You're almost never there except to sleep and change clothes and shower. And I really get that. I, I, I really do. I've done Vegas that way. I'm sure I'll do Vegas that way again. But based on this and past trips where we ended up in something upgraded from that, I'm here to tell you that a great room can really add to the experience. I mean, watching the fountains as the last thing you do at night from your room or seeing the sun coming up over the strip while everything is still lit up like it was nighttime, Seeing that in the morning, it's just great. It's just unique and special. This was way more room than two of us needed, but it's a very fun memory. Now, as for the trip itself, we played tourist and did kind of an old Vegas, new Vegas kind of theme. We had cocktails um, in the Sky Lounge just as the sun was setting to see the lights come on. We toured the Mob Museum and gambled at El Cortez, which is the longest continuously operating casino in downtown Las Vegas. Obviously, we were staying at the Flamingo, built by Bugsy Siegel, a mobster, and uh, you know one of the, the longest-standing casinos on the Strip. We went to Circa downtown, the newest casino in Las Vegas. We toured the Neon Museum that includes a bunch of historical Las Vegas signs. We roamed the Strip, we ate, we saw the sights, and we did some gaming along the way. 
And I'm not going to run down every this, every that, every table. Not what this trip really was. I recorded it all. I documented it all. But I'm not going to try to try to go through it and play it back. That's really not what I was there to do. But from a casino combat point of view, I picked up my new upgraded M Life card. The website was true that I told you about last week. If you've got a competitor's card that's a third tier card or higher, and you can get to an MGM card, you will be at least third tier or higher for the rest of the year at MGM properties. And so I verified that. I did it. Little extra benefit from reaching diamond is that you know I'm now gold in the MGM system, and that's going to let me do some other fun things once in a while. And by fun, I mean casino combat things where prices stay down, but benefits and lifestyle stay up in terms of, of casino benefits. That's going to be really fun. That We're going to see that over the next year. I got some free play at the Flamingo. Uh, Flamingo comped us two meals, two fine dining meals, one at... Uh, Guy Fieri's Vegas Kitchen, and we had a nice, really nice brunch at Hex. Um, the young squire actually did pretty well for his first time trying to gamble for a profit. He managed his exit points well, knew enough blackjack basic strategy to handle the basics and ask for help as needed, and managed his money well. He never really had a big win happen, though, sadly. Never really had a table takeoff, and the winning just happens and happens and happens. He finished the trip with the price of a dinner at McDonald's you know, for two people, as a, as a loss. Not a horrible loss. And here's some more introspection for you. I didn't have any tables take off on me either. I did everything I always do. I kept taking my small losses and waiting for something to happen. And it never did. I mostly just struggled to stay even at each table and keep playing, waiting for something to happen. A couple tables started hot. You know, first few hands, things were really going great. And I'd think, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're, we're finally going to have it happen here. And 10 minutes later, I'm walking away with a really small win. Just not enough to even matter or care about. It's part of the reason you're not getting a lot of play-by-play -play here, everybody. There wasn't a lot of play-by-play -play to give you. This is it. Gradually losing until I left with a, with a manageable loss or winning a little bit and then having it turn and taking just a tiny little bit amount of money away from the table. Um, I had a couple slot machines pay out nice amounts. But in the end, not enough that any of it was big enough to talk about and not enough to cover what I was losing on other machines. Um, no going uh, 10 out of 11 machines on this trip. Uh, it just didn't happen. So I've seen the flag on the Marble Arch. This was not a victory march. It was a cold and a very broken hallelujah at best. Um, I do want to share, though, one fun encounter, and then I'm still hoping I know the ending, too, but I'm going to tell it without the ending in the hopes that maybe someone listens and then tells us the ending. I really would like to know. Um, but it also sums up my gambling for the entire trip very nicely, as well as being a story I'd like to know the end to. Um, so the young squire was getting ready for us to go out, and I was getting ready. I was getting a quick session of blackjack in while I was waiting for him, and two young men joined me. Guardian and the Jet from Louisiana joined me, and uh, Guardian catches my attention first because he's a ball of energy, fueled, I'm pretty sure, by whipped cream topped margaritas and he's dropping into a $15 table with a $50 bill. <laughs> so not enough money to really play. You know, that's, I think three bets isn't really enough to play and a bad luck $50 bill. If you're superstitious like me, uh, to start things off and the jet quickly joins us and he has almost no money and he's into the margaritas as well. And I've been struggling just to stay in the game, as I told you, it's kind of the whole whole weekend went. So it's not like they can make anything worse for me, right? I'm not really worried. I know they're going to play badly, and I'm not really worried about it. I'm struggling as it is. It can't get any worse, but I'm going to get to watch the show. 
at least for my losing money, I'm going to get to watch what I'm sure is going to be entertaining. Remember, all the things that I have always talked about as essential to having long-term success at casino gambling and assume that Guardian and the Jet are doing the opposite of all those things. They clearly don't know blackjack basic strategy. They're doubling hands they should hit. They're hitting hands they should stay on. They're staying when they have a total of eight and the dealer has ten. They're betting randomly, getting their entire stack of chips for no reason in the circle to bet, and then betting the table minimum two hands later after they just won big hands. They are drinking every strawberry margarita topped with whipped cream that they can get their hands on. I never even heard of strawberry margaritas talk topped with whipped cream. I guess that shows how old and out of touch I am. And, of course, they're winning. Where I'm going up three units, down three units, up three units, down three units, they are winning and stacking chips and having a great time. Um, Guardians $50 has grown to 300 and the Jet has increased his stack by to almost $600 at one point, and then it started trending down. And at that point, the Jet says to me, you seem to really know what you're doing. You know, we're happy to take pointers or learn if you, you know, if there's something we're doing wrong. And I just said, you know, I don't think you should take my advice. I'm losing. You're winning. Whatever you're doing, stick with it. What was I going to do? Tell them to do it my way, right? In this moment, when they're having a blast, I'm going to start telling them, no, you really should hit your eight against a dealer's 10. Why, why would they listen? There's no reason for them to listen at all. It, pretty shortly, and with the time where I needed to, to meet the young squire coming up anyway, you know, I hit that negative exit point where, you know, I had three, four units left. And so I just took the rest of my buy-in and left. But I did give the Jet my business card. And I said, guys, I do a podcast. You're going to be in this week's podcast. You're going to be in this week's episode. I'd really appreciate it if you'd send me an email and let me know how the rest of this evening goes for you. I'd love to hear the results. But I got to go meet someone and we're going out so I can't stick around and watch. Well, no email from them yet. But I just got back last night. For all I know, they're still partying on their winnings in Las Vegas, which would be great. Guys, if you happen to listen, let us know what happened. Let us know the rest of the story, as a famous voice used to say. So, great rooms, good comps, a wonderful time with my son, but a losing week of gambling that amounts to several days' pay. Let's adjourn to the VIP lounge and we'll recap the month and see how everything turned out. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. The VIP lounge is open and everyone is a VIP if they're listening to this podcast. So help yourself to a little bit of everything. Virtual versions of beer, wine, and top shelf spirits still in sparkling water handcrafted artisanal pop as well. Since I'm being introspective, I'm going to have a hot chocolate today with a little splash of something extra. Um, For any first-time listeners, I do monthly wrap-ups because I judge winning or losing a month at a time, not a table at a time or a day at a time. I do these because why should you trust my techniques if you don't know my outcomes? I usually do these recaps in the VIP lounge because that's where friends talk And real results are something you share with friends, not strangers. Finally, please, 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 I am not doing anything special here. That's not the point. I mean, special to me, special to my family, but not anything you should be impressed with. I know a number of people that go to Las Vegas once a month, they lose $1,000 a day, and they always get comp suites, limo rides from the airport, thousands in free play and food credits added to their accounts, the works. 
I'm not getting all that, folks. <laughs> I'm not getting nearly all that. I'm also not losing that every day. That's not my thing. That's not what I do. I'm thrilled for them. I hope they can be thrilled for me. But I'm not telling you any of this to try to impress you. I'm just trying to show you what the tools can create and let you evaluate the rest of the results of what I do. A couple of quick notes. I ended the casino combat week on Monday this week rather than Saturday because of how I was traveling. And I included the first day of February in the month of January. I just don't see any point in breaking the Las Vegas trip into two different weeks, two different months, or worrying about a little bit of free play as part of next month. So technically, there's a little extra results in January. And when we get to the end of February, there'll be just a little less results in February. But my microphone, my rules, and quite frankly, my spreadsheet and me making it easier for me. Uh, so how did things end up for January 2021? We received eight comped hotel nights from two different reward systems in three different states at three different properties. Three of those nights in a two-bedroom, three-bathroom suite at the top of the Flamingo on the Strip in Las Vegas. We ate several comped meals, including two fine dining meals in Las Vegas. We received a couple minor gifts, $120 in free slot play, which we won about $80 with. As a percentage, that's not nearly as good as we've done the past few months on free slot play. We've been pretty much one-to-one, -one, uh, but this number is actually closer to what I expect. I expect to be right around half of what they give me in, in cash in my pocket. We received $140 in match or free bets and $50 in gift cards. In particular, gifts continue to trend down this month. And some of that is my exit from my local casino's upper tiers. And some of that's just the nature of where and when I gambled this month, but less gifts than we usually get. So let's use that metaphor from last episode and assume that we all get paid a dollar a day. And then let's evaluate the results kind of using that metaphor. By that standard, I lost $3.40 gambling at table games this month. 3.4 days pay. I lost $1.79 on slot machines this month. And that's the first losing month I've had with regard to slot machines in a very, very long time. The wins from free slot play offset a portion of that, but not all of that by any means. Despite all of that, when you add up all the money won and the money lost, all the money spent on everything casino related, and the value of everything we were given by the casinos, we still have a profit for the month of $4.62, a little over four and a half uh, days pay in value after subtracting everything we lost and spent. So we lost and spent this month. In fact, accurately, I lost and spent. Mrs. TRG was just fine. But technically, by the principles of Casino Combat, January 2021 is a winning month because we received more in value than we lost and spent. But it certainly doesn't feel like a winning month. It feels like I got smacked around pretty good in Las Vegas, which I did. And that's the value of detailed records and introspection. The records show me something that I'm not feeling right now. The records show me that basically I spent money taking my wife away for the weekend and my son and I used comps to take a great trip to Las Vegas where I spent a bunch of money riding in limos, sightseeing, and enjoying high-end cocktails in fancy lounges. Now that's not to say that if I hadn't spent that money, we'd have had a win. That's not what this says. If I hadn't spent that money, the value received would be higher because there'd be less expenses pushing it down, right? 
So if you're keeping track at home, that is three months in a row of lost and spent, not profits after expenses. Three months out of the time I've been doing this podcast. It's been several months since we talked about the big picture on all of this, not just the monthly picture. So I went back and kind of sorted everything out. Once again, using the standard of if my normal job paid $1 a day, how many days pay would we have won or lost after expenses so far while doing this podcast? I wanted to see that. I wanted to share that with you. 40 days pay. Despite the fact that I overspent last month doing things that I thought I wanted to do with my wife, despite the fact that I spent a good bit this month and lost on top of that but still got value out of it, so far since doing this podcast, I've won cash money 40 days pay. That's the answer. We are 40 days pay ahead while doing the podcast. And we're living that casino lifestyle at the same time. And that's cash money separate from value. If we totaled it all up, we probably got another 40 days pay in value on top of the 40 days pay in cash money. Even with the losing, if we just average that out, we've been averaging five days pay a month from the side hustle. So five days pay a month and five days pay in benefits and stuff and gifts and rooms and food at the same time. And that's why I say... You can do the side hustle. You can make a profit. You can uh, you can take that value out of the casino while making some money. It is a true side hustle, but it's not a side hustle that's going to pay you every month in cash money. You got to be happy with, okay, I averaged five days every month of pay. That That's not too bad. That's acceptable. Um, at least it is to me. Obviously, you've got to decide for yourself, but you could spend less than I do, and that would work too. So that's the wrap-up for January. The spreadsheet's been saved. The documents have been updated. February starts tomorrow. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't start till Friday. I, I'm hoping I get a, a chance to see Gabriel on Friday. I really am. And, and that'd be an opportunity to go do some gambling locally, at least. Um, and in the meantime, I'm going to, you know, ABC, I'll always be casinoing, but I'm going to do my real job a lot more for the next few days and just think about the next casino things I'm going to do. There are Yo11 casino chips in this episode. If that is a game you are playing, please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends, everyone. Goodbye.